0: We want to get the men of the church up as quickly as we can so they can be sharing some favorite verses with you from the first 10 chapters of Isaiah. But before we do that, I'd like to give you a little lesson in a chorus that we sang and that we sang before we ate supper tonight, but I'd like to show you its specific context so that it might be more meaningful to you. Let's sing a Bible chorus, and we're going to sing it in just a moment, from David's Psalms. It's Psalm 89.1. How many of you sang this chorus before you came to the Church of Greenville? Beautiful. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. An apostolic church, a New Testament church, sings with their understanding because that's a commandment of scripture in those three references that are there. We want to understand what we are singing and not just mouth words and not just use the sound of words and some catchy melody. We want to know what we're singing to the Lord. Do you understand the glory of God's mercies and faithfulness in that verse? I don't think you do. I don't think I did until the last couple of years. Do you understand forever and all generations in that context, in that verse? There it is. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. These mercies are not the forgiveness of your sins. This faithfulness is not the sun coming up tomorrow. It's much more specific than that. The Jews were in deep trouble when this psalm was written, and it appeared that God had forsaken them. It's a long psalm, and there's one division in the chapter, and it's after verse 37. Here's verse 38. But thou hast cast off and abhorred You've cast us off as your people, and you now abhor us. Thou hast been wroth with thine anointed. Thou hast made void the covenant of thy servant. Thou hast profaned his crown by casting it to the ground. Thou hast broken down all his hedges. Thou hast brought his strongholds to ruin. And we could just keep on reading verses just like that on how by appearance God had forsaken the Jews. God had forsaken the throne. God had forsaken the house of David. God had forsaken the house of Judah by all appearances. Verses 44 and 49 as we continue in the chapter toward the end. Thou hast made his glory to cease and cast his throne down to the ground. I want you to notice that it appeared that the throne that God had promised to Judah and Jesse and David had been thrown down. Lord, where are thy former loving kindnesses, which thou swearest unto David in truth? So that you can see the context for writing this particular psalm is based on dire circumstances of the Jews. So the psalmist sang to make known the greatest facts of the universe. And we ought to sing like that first verse, no matter what is going wrong in the world, no matter what might go wrong in our church, no matter what might go wrong in our personal lives. And that is why verse 1 is there. In spite of what occurs after verse 38, I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Now I'm showing you verse 2. For I have said, this is why we should sing, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. There is some issue of mercy and faithfulness that is inviolate. It cannot be overthrown. And it is the comfort of believers for thousands of years, and we ought to sing about it and make it known. And here it is, if you haven't picked up already. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Selah. Stop and think about that. God swore... God made a covenant. God promised to establish the seed of David and to build up his throne forever. But remember the words from a natural perspective. The throne is cast down to the ground. He's pulled his hedge. He abhors us. His covenant isn't standing. Oh, yes, it is. The psalmist is writing what it appears to be, but here he's telling you what the reality is and it's what we should sing about all the time. Now notice that fourth verse, because that is an end of four verses. The first four verses go together. Notice, forever and all generations. In verse four, forever and all generations, Selah. So that it looks like this. In verse one, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever, because God said, thy seed will I establish forever. And though the Jews were taken captive to Babylon, and though the nation was overthrown by the Romans, God's promise still stood, and we ought to sing about it. And no matter what goes wrong in American politics, or international events, or your personal life, we can sing about something that never changes because of God's covenant oath. Look at the all generations of verse 1 versus the all generations of verse 4. I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations because God promised to build up the throne of David to all generations. No matter what happens to you or to the world, one thing stands forever. Jesus, the son of David, is on the throne of God and the throne of the universe forever for you. We are the fullness of him that filleth all in all. It is because of the anointing. Did you pick up on verse 38? That it appeared that God no longer cared about the anointing? He always cares about the anointing. And because of the anointing and his commitment to David and his son and his seed forever, which is the Lord Jesus Christ. Think about when the poor Jews went to Babylon Where was their king? Where was their throne? Where was his crown? It looked like it had disappeared and that God's promise wasn't being kept. What about the days of Joseph and Mary? Where was the crown? Where was the throne? Where was the king? Hidden. Because we have a genealogy in Matthew 1 and we have a genealogy in Luke 3. Hidden, but never forsaken. And the covenant stood. Lord God, our Father, and this is my prayer. You don't have to pray it. I'm responsible for you. Forgive us for any time we have sung this verse like a zombie, not seeing your son Jesus on the throne of David, because that is the issue and that is the context of Psalm 89 and verse 1. Let's stand and give him reverence. The Father loveth the Son. Let's make sure we love him.
1: I will sing of the mercies of the Lord Forever I will sing I will sing I will sing of the mercies of the Lord Forever I will sing Of the mercies of the Lord With my mouth With my mouth will I make known Thy faithfulness to all generations. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing, I will sing. mercies of the Lord. Forever I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. Amen. You may be seated.
0: Amen. From verse 1 to verse 4, and that's all I showed you. From verse 4 to verse 37, it is all about the throne, the crown, the king from David, the Lord Jesus Christ. All about him. Beautiful words. The anointing is in there. Mentioned in those verses. And then we saw in verse 38, it appeared that God wasn't being faithful to the anointing. But it is because of the anointing that he spared his nation and people many times. Tonight is for the men to get up and do that with us. And for us.